Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the most listened to internet radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome to this uh, rather special edition of The Nonprofit Coach. I want to apologize to everyone for needing to reschedule from yesterday. And I want to, in advance, thank all of our guests today uh, for being so flexible and so agreeable to scheduling uh, this very important show Excuse me. Here uh, today on the nonprofit coach, uh, we are celebrating today the AFP Wiley Fund Development Series. So this is a very important show today. Our guest, uh, as you know, our page two expert is Kathy Kingston, and she has an excellent book. Um, and this is a book. I'm just going to give you a heads up. It is far more than just its beautiful cover with Kathy's beautiful picture on the front. There is so much in this book. You're going to want to stick by and make sure that you have the full attention of Kathy Kingston here today. Uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, as the announcer said, you can call in and ask your questions when we get to page two. You can also join me over in the chat room. I see some folks over in the chat room. You can ask questions there, or you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always, here on the Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. <laughs> Every month here on The Nonprofit Coach, we have the opportunity to have one of the experts from CFRE International uh, here with us to give us the CFRE Minute. Welcome back here to The Nonprofit Coach, George Hamilton. Hi, Ted. Thanks Thanks for having me. Um, it's really fortuitous um, that, I, that I could be on today. Well, we really appreciate your willingness to reschedule uh, for this very important edition of the AFP Wiley uh, radio show here on the Nonprofit Coach. Um, we're always glad to have CFRE here because there's so much going on. You know how important the Nonprofit Coach feels uh, CFRE certification is for those who can qualify. Uh, bring us up to date what's going on over at CFRE. Well, the reason I said it was fortuitous, uh, Ted, is that right now CFRE International is actually in the midst of announcing some exciting updates coming to the CFRE certification program in 2016, so I'm really excited to share those with your listeners. Um, what, what's happening, basically, is that based on our recent international job analysis research and also in looking at the maturation of the global fundraising profession over, over the last years, um, CFRE will be updating the test content outline the resource reading list, and also the application requirements for initial and recertification. And these, these updates will go into effect in January 2016. 
So it's important for our listeners to know this is a lot of uh, a lot of change uh, for those who are looking to qualify. Can we start off with uh, substantive changes at the application level? Sure. At the application level, um, and first I want to I want to stress that um, the CFRE exam itself tests for baseline knowledge of best practices and ethical fundraising um, that candidates should have mastered by the time they've achieved five years of employment. Um, the exam will continue to test knowledge at this same level. So there's not going to be a change in terms of the level of knowledge required to pass the CFRE exam. Um, but the changes but really come uh, in fundraising in a, has changed over the last few years, so it's, uh, uh, it's only right that the exam and reading and other materials would update. So how about the, exa- uh, the application? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. There's a, changes to a few different sections of the application. Um, first, in the professional practice section, that's the section that actually measures how long somebody's been in practice. Um, for initial certification, the the minimum number of points in that area is actually being reduced from 60 points or five years of experience down to 36 points or the equivalent of three years of employment as a fundraising professional. Um, okay. What we found is that young professionals are coming into the sector today. They have a lot more formal education and development in nonprofit management, and that was simply not available when the credential was first established in 1981. Um, we're seeing a number of also a number of um, an increased number of established professionals that are transitioning into fundraising later in their mm-hmm. careers, bringing with them years of transferable experience in addition to ag- education as, you know, in the form of workshops, conferences, symposia, and fundraising, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what what this really represents is an accelerated track. Um, we're we're going to be advising folks that, you know, unless they have a substantial background in development in terms of a, a bachelor's degree, a graduate level degree, or at least a graduate level certificate, or they are coming with a, a significant set of skills that are transferable, they really should wait until five years. But we, you know, we've seen such such a proliferation of folks entering the field with undergraduate and graduate degrees already in hand that we feel that those those educational experiences and the depth of those educational experiences coupled with three years of fundraising employment really accelerates their knowledge of best practices in ethical fundraising um, and will allow them to be successful on the exam um, at that accelerated um, pace. Well, I, I, you know, I, w- I, w- I have to say I, I agree with uh, with this change um, because I think that what is required to be successful uh, as a fundraiser is now required at an earlier age in your in your development, and I think sort of maybe it's a bit more baptism by fire, but I think the experiences that people have earlier on in their career are are deeper and richer now than they were uh, back in 1981. So I, I think giving those people who have had accelerated experience that might have in the past been seen at the five-year level is now seen in a lot of professionals at the three-year level. Um, why not give them the opportunity to uh, prove their proficiency by sitting for exam? Right, exactly. Um, and in no way do, do we believe that this will diminish the cr- credential in any way. Um, no. Because the exam will still test at the five-year level, um, and the, the required education and, and performance requirements within the application are, are not changing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, It's still going to be a, a very, very challenging test um, that will really measure mastery of, of best practice in ethical fundraising. Yeah. Oh, I think this is uh, this is terrific to to give those who who have had those experiences and can prove it by sitting for exam uh, uh, to to sit earlier without requiring uh, them to just sit around for two more years. Um, we're, yep. We've got a tight show today, so I do want to give you an opportunity to just share with us very quickly what's happening uh, with the exam and the reading list. Um, sure. Um, well, with the exam, we we recently connect, uh, conducted our our international job analysis survey, that was the results of which were just finalized in 2015. Um, and th- those are going to result in some changes to the test content outline for the, for the CFRE exam. Um, you know, the job analysis did not find major shifts in the field of fundraising. However, the percentage of questions that make up each of the six knowledge domains covered on the exam will shift slightly to reflect the job analysis results. Um, for instance, the knowledge domain with the largest percentage shift 
will be the securing the gift domain, which will actually increase from 19% of the exam questions to 23%. Um, other, other domains, such as volunteer involvement, are actually going to remain at the same level. So given those minor adjustments, I think the message for, for candidates who've been preparing for the exam is that, that if they've been preparing with the, the current edition of the test content outline as a, as a guide for their study, um, they should probably have no additional difficulty with the exam that will be based on the new t test content outline. And that new test content outline is actually available on our website um, within the resources section. That's terrific. Well, these are very major uh, updates, and uh, we really appreciate you sharing the information here on the Nonprofit Coach. No doubt uh, between now and when all of this uh, becomes active and live, we uh, will get further updates from you. We look forward to having you back here on the Nonprofit Coach next month. Uh, for the CFRE Minute. That's been George Hamilton uh, from CFRE International. George, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks very much, Ted. And uh, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, always a pleasure uh, to welcome Catherine LaCour, uh, BlackBaud's Senior Vice President, back here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Catherine, we have a terrific opportunity to see each other and be together uh, yeah. in Austin. Why don't you tell uh, my listeners today, why are you, me, and hundreds of other people going to be gathering in Austin later on this month? Yeah, well, two weeks, not even later this month. We're in countdown mode, and we're really excited and, uh, you know, ready to help Good take over Austin. And I will say it's um, not just a few hundred of our friends. We're actually going to have record attendance with over 2,400 attendees this year. Really, really excited. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, this we've got a lot of um, new features and additions, and one of those is that we're co-locating our Foundation and Corporates Group annual conference with NBBCon. It's led by a micro-edge business. So we're actually giving an opportunity to our attendees to connect, um, create connections across the philanthropic market in a way we've never been able to do before. So we're really excited, um, really excited about all of our, you know, the Black Bug community coming together uh, in Austin and the whole philanthropic community. And, of course, Catherine, uh, the uh, uh, Nonprofit Coach Radio Show uh, will once again, which has become the tradition at BlackBod, uh, to, uh, uh, to have the uh, Nonprofit Coach live from the convention floor yeah. in Austin. Uh, looking forward to, uh, uh, to having the uh, uh, Nonprofit Coach back at uh, BBCon. Now, just for our listeners to, uh, to mark their calendar and, and for you to uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, tell everyone, what time is the Nonprofit Coach show going to be live from Austin? Of course, that's Central Time, so help us with the translation to Eastern Time as well. Sure. Yes, sure. So really excited to have you back, Jeff, and you know have your live from BBCon 2015. Or Ted, sorry, uh, live from BBCon 2015 special, and it's going to be Monday, um, October 26 at 1:45 local Central Time. So that's 2:45 Eastern Time. And okay. you've got a fun lineup. We've got uh, you'll be able to you'll be talking to BlackBot CEO Mike Giannoni, and he'll be telling you all the exciting news that's going on at the conference. Uh, and that's we the have first one time our, Mike yes. will have been on the show, right? So this is, is. Uh, a, yes. a real opportunity for us to uh, have all of our listeners get to know Mike and uh, and, and understand uh, from the very top the vision uh, for BlackBot going forward. That's right, exactly. Um, we're also going to you're going to have an opportunity to speak to um, our two leaders in our research, delivery, operations, and product development areas, Kevin McDearis and Mary Beth Westmoreland. And we're going to talk about the vision to empower the modern organization and talk about our latest cloud and technology innovation. So you'll have Mike who you can talk to about the vision overall, and then you'll be able to get down and dirty about some of the technology innovations that we're talking about at BBCon with Kevin and Mary Beth. And you know how much here on the Nonprofit Coach we love getting into all that technique. <laughs> uh, and uh, what better place than to do it right on the uh, the floor of BBCon. Uh, thank you so much uh, for coming back here on the uh, show, Catherine. I, I can't believe yeah, it's actually less than two weeks now uh, that is. we're going to be down there at the Austin Convention Center. Uh, so all of my listeners, please make sure that uh, I think it's uh, BB conference.com. Is that correct? Is the, is the website? That, that is correct. So still time to register there and they can follow us at BBCon on Twitter as well. Largest BBCon ever. 
Uh, don't yeah. miss the opportunity to be there. All of your friends are going to be talking about it. You don't want to say you missed it. So uh, register today and make sure that you join Catherine and I down in Austin, Texas, at the Convention Center for BBCon 2015. Catherine, thank you. I look forward to seeing you in Austin. Thanks, Ted. See you in Austin. See you there. So that uh, wraps up our page one news. Uh, again, thank you for all of my guests uh, who uh, rescheduled uh, for the show today. We are uh, in for a real treat. We're going to come right back to the page two expert today, Kathy Kingston and her terrific book, the Hot, A Higher Bid. We'll be right back. Kathy Kingston is the founder and principal of Kingston Auction Company, which has raised millions of dollars for organizations nationwide. She's the creator of the philanthropy model of fundraising auctions. On today's show, she is going to be sharing secrets to make your charity auction more successful than ever. Uh, more importantly, I want you to know uh, that Kathy um, has won two major auction industry awards, the 2012 Chuck Cumberland Memorial Sports Award and the 2006 Rose Award from the National Auctioneers Association. So this is someone uh, who is well known in multiple domains. More importantly for me, she is here uh, as the guest here on the Nonprofit Coach. Kathy Kingston, welcome. Well, hi, Ted. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Kathy, you have written a real gem of a book here, and uh, I absolutely uh, can uh, see after having uh, had a chance to read this book uh, why it was chosen to be part of the AFP Wiley Fund Development Series, which sends a signal not only to my listeners but to uh, everyone in the industry that this is a must-read. But, Kathy, I, I'm just going to start off by saying I, there's so much more to this book than about auctions, and I want to explore that with you uh, today. But uh, did you did you set out to tell a broader story, or or did you set out to just write a book about uh, strategic benefit auctions? Well, actually, it's 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 about the broader story, and that's really what what made me write the book because so many nonprofits are leaving countless countless dollars in the room, and I realized that an auction is not an auction; it's not an event; it's an opportunity to deeply engage donors. And that's the real story. It's how to use let auctions them have, strategically. Right. Let them have fun while they're fundraising. Um, but there's a whole psychology behind this um, that is deeply rooted um, in very good one-on-one uh, fundraising practices. But I, I think part of the point of this book, and I'm, I'm just so pleased that you took the time to uh, to write this book, um, is it seems to me that part of the message that, that you're telling is don't make the master uh, mistake of relegating uh, auctions, which is your expertise, uh, to this sort of closet in the corner called special events that might only be uh, seen in a certain way. But if you really want uh, to be truly successful, view it for what it is, and that is it's a relationship event. It's a fundraising event that just happens to be uh, having fun at an auction. Exactly. I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm, when we chatted a little bit earlier, I was so glad that you brought that up. So let's dive in, Ted. Yeah, let's let's dive in. So start off um, with, uh, I, I think, maybe the, the basics. Um, and that is, um, what is an auction at, from your uh, description? Um, and what differentiates a benefit auction from perhaps some other auctions? So why don't we start well, with the real basics around auction, then I really want to get into the, the, the meat sure. of this book. Well, I, I think that's an essential question because um, uh, an, an auc and a benefit auction is different than a commercial auction. A commercial auction would be a real estate, uh, antiques, household goods, commercial property, land, livestock. And so there's a, there's a whole different uh, strategy and psychology of doing a commercial auction from doing a fundraising auction, a benefit auction, a charity auction, all interchangeable words, in that in a commercial auction, the buyer is motivated. The buyer is there to get the best 
product that they can at the best price. And in a, in a benefit auction, the buyer, a.k.a. the auction guest, donor, is there to support the cause. And what happens, part of that master mistake you're talking about, what happens is if someone takes if a nonprofit organization takes the same approach as a commercial auction, then you set up a bargain basement mentality, and you never really raise money. But if you flip it and you look at it from a philanthropic viewpoint, then it's really not about the items that a person gets. It's about how much they can give. And then all the strategies flow from that. And in understanding that it really, and what you delve into so beautifully in this book, is that uh, philanthropist, donor, giver mentality that differentiates this kind of auction, this sort of event, uh, from, as you said, you know, more commercial uh, type uh, auctions. What is that mindset, um, and, and how do you maximize uh, the difference once you understand the difference. So I've got uh, the event; it's set up. I've got lots of items uh, that I'm looking to entice people to feel good about. But when they get into the bidding, what do I need to know about the mindset of the people that uh, that are in the room? Well, I think very simply, it's about the people and how you um, really focus on what I would call audience development for your benefit auction. Because, you know, and, and myself, and I'm sure there's a lot of other benefit auctioneers listening across the country, across the world, that we know we could sell an empty wine glass or I've sold a tangerine for thousands of dollars because it's not about the item. It's about how to engage the bidder because it's not about what they're going to get. It's, it, they're, it's, it's a vehicle to raise money. So in terms of the... I would call that philanthropic mindset, it it's actually starts long before auction night in helping your guests understand the real reason. And, you know, it's, I'll have to tell you a little story. You know, some, I do a lot of consulting, you know, pr- preparing you know, boards, auction committees, and, you know, sometimes I'll review some of their promotional materials and I'll look at the Save the Day card, Ted, and it'll say Fall Follies or, you know, a blue jeans dinner, and we have no idea what that means. There's no, if I could just be a little a little bit on the edge here, there's no F word. There's no fundraising word in the promotion. So yeah. I like to encourage people to prepare the guest to be generous first and foremost. Prepare to be generous. Um, let them know what – this is not meant to be sort of a, a stealth event to really be successful – you want to gear people up to to think about those uh, items, to promote those items ahead of time, to get excited, to even, and this is one of the secrets, isn't it, is to get competition, um, to get yeah, people excited to, to about com- giving. Exactly. You know, that's, that's part of, you know, why uh, auctions are a lot of fun, because people get caught up in that bidding fever. But that only happens when you have the right people in the room with the right um, – Approach so they know that their gift is going to make a difference to all the different programs and services that the auction will fund. But um, long before that, um, I, I, I want to just jump in with another secret, if I could, Ted, and that is the secret that donors and bidders have changed just in the last couple of years. They, what we're finding, especially with some aging demographics and some shifting mindsets about giving, that who really wants a silent or live auction item anymore? Not too many people. So we're seeing smaller silent auctions, much more highly curated um, auction items, silent and live, so they match the exact profile of the guests. And then there is a whole group of folks who come to auctions that they want to make a difference, but they don't want or need another thing. So we see the emergence now, a huge emergence of what we call the fund a need or to fund the future, a special appeal, a paddle raise. And I would say that is the biggest news in auction fundraising today. So is this, is this because people have less time? 
Um, they they still want the fun. They still want to be involved, but they don't. They I, I think I think auctions and events are becoming much more streamlined today than than they might have been in the past. Exactly, exactly. And if you use your auction as a donor um, engagement, a donor cultivation tool, and you help un- people understand. Um, how their dollars can make a difference from the auction and beyond. And then you offer the opportunity to uh, give at a level that's meaningful for you what we call the fund-a-need. We're seeing that the, the revenue from the fund-a-need at the auction far is outstripping silent and live auction revenue. And, yes, now, um, go ahead, please. Well, I, I was just, just going to say in – in that that uh, that moment, and you and I have been involved, you you far more than I have, but I, I've run a lot of auctions, um, and it, it is that exact moment that spells the difference between the the, the bargain seeker and the donor, uh, because when you're in the moment, I think it, it is first and foremost the bargain seeker who showed up. Um, who who is is hoping that maybe that that tonight's the night I'm going to get that that bargain, um, but they're going to keep bidding and they're going to bid against each other and they're going to keep going. And part of that story is I'm supporting a good cause. Exactly, and and what one of the big new trends that I'm seeing, and I think listeners will appreciate this, is that that bidding actually starts months prior to your auction. If a savvy um, auction committee, a board, is really interested in raising more money with a silent and live auction, you must pre-promote those live and silent auction items far ahead of auction night. Because the big difference I've seen as an auctioneer is that um, very few guests come prepared to bid unless you do that for them. So that if you have a multi-course dinner paired with wine and with a great chef and a great place, that, you know, it's on a certain date, you've got to get your group together. That's hard to do in the you know, the two minutes, three minutes it takes auctioning the item. But if you prepare your guests, if you send the catalog, if you do your social media, if you make personal calls to people who like that kind of item, or maybe they like to buy trips, whatever, then you prepare your guests to be very, very generous. And in, in being generous, um, part of part of that uh, drive to being generous uh, is the IRS tax deductibility and the rules that follow um, regarding that. So, Kathy, we're going to take a, a really quick break. Um, when we come back, I'd like you to make sure that our listeners know what do you need to know as a nonprofit in terms of receding. Uh, and making sure that the legal compliance of an auction uh, is well in hand. And we're going to be right back with Kathy Kingston. As you heard at the top of the show, the next edition here of The Nonprofit Coach is the very special annual edition live from BBCon. Uh, we will be in Austin, Texas with The Nonprofit Coach. That is going to be at 1.45 local central time. Mark your calendar. It's 2.45, so a different time, not the regular 12 noon Eastern time for The Nonprofit Coach. And it's Monday, October 26th, not our regular Tuesday scheduled time. So join us for the next Nonprofit Coach uh, radio show on October 26th, live from BBCon in Austin, Texas. Have you ever wished you could take back an email you sent to the wrong person? Or have that nagging feeling that your confidential message was forwarded without your consent? Do you sometimes email sensitive data even though you know most email isn't secure? And we all have, because we're busy. And because in the world of email, there are no takebacks. Until now. Introducing Virtru, the simple way to send and receive secure email with confidence. Virtru is easy to install and use, and it works with your favorite email programs like Gmail, Outlook, Yahoo, MacMail, and more. When you hit the Send Secure button, your email is encrypted before it leaves your computer or smartphone. And even better, you can revoke a message at any time. 
You decide whether a message can be forwarded by recipients. You can track where your message is forwarded and more. Download Virtue today and start sharing with confidence because everyone deserves digital privacy and security without hassle. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we are back here live with Kathy Kingston uh, and her terrific uh, widely published book, A Higher Bid. This is part of the AFP Fund Development Series. Uh, Kathy, what about tax receding? What about the legal compliance for being involved with an auction? Well, Ted, I'm going to be the very first person to tell you that I'm not a tax expert nor I'm a legal expert. So I would ask that um, all the listeners, all the nonprofits, you know, check, you know, with their state and uh, national uh, regulations. Um, we do know that um, we do like to see the value. Um, I know the IRS does like to see the value of the item somewhere in your um, description. Um, I know that you have, um, you're going to be sending out letters that talk about the value of the item and what the item was sold for. And um, I would get, uh, I would get very specific advice from your tax advisor on that. And, and just uh, to make sure that all of our, our uh, listeners know that uh, donors who purchase items at a charity auction can claim a charitable contribution deduction for the excess of the purchase price for an item over its fair market value. And so that's why it's so important, as Kathy just mentioned, that when you're putting your charity auction together, and, and Kathy's going to tell us a little bit more about how to prepare your donors for success, uh, it's very important that you have, before the auction, shared with those who are attending what is the fair market value, and that is what it would be um, sold for on the open market. Not, uh, I'm often asked, and I'm sure you are uh, too, Kathy, that, um, well, what if the item was donated? There's no cost to us. Well, it's not a matter of what the cost was to the charity. It is the fair market or open market value of that uh, that. Uh, uh, item that uh, when if you only pay the fair market value or you pay less than the fair market value, then there is no charitable contribution. However, um, as uh, as Kathy is sharing with us here, the tips and secrets to get people to bid higher. Um, the uh, you know, for example, as as uh, uh, Kathy is uh, sharing, a charity um, is putting together their auction, publishes a catalog given to each person who attends the auction, or as Kathy's book uh, points out, um, through technology, posting that online with a good faith estimate of each item that is available for bidding, assuming that the donor uh, has no reason to doubt the accuracy uh, of the published estimate, which means you as a charity are um, point, or, uh, you are asked to, to give that good faith estimate of what the amount is, you as a charity can now give um, a tax receipt um, for the amount that was uh, what that was bid, the full amount, and if it is in excess of the value, you have now given your your donor uh, a tax receipt at, and a tax deduction as well. So, Kathy, you you were just starting to point out the uh, the importance of preparing people for success, getting them in the mood, and getting them ready to bid and bid high. That's right, and the, and it actually goes back to how you focus on getting the right people in the room. Um, you know, the audience development piece, and um, you know, it's probably one of the number one questions, Kathy. How can we make sure we have donors that are going to bid high and also be very generous in the fund to need? And um, a little secret that I like to share with with your audience is that um, y- you know you get what you measure, so. Many groups already have a, a, a committee or a team in place for item procurement. I'd like to suggest that you have a separate group that's going to focus completely on audience development. And in my book, A Higher Bid, I have a huge chapter with lots of tips and strategies on audience development. Because when you have guests who understand the impact of their gift – 
and they they may know a little bit about you, but you're going to design your program so they absolutely fall in love with you and want to be generous in your live auction and your fund to need, which are your two main revenue sources, you know, that night of fundraising, then then you see huge increases in your revenue. How much of a mistake uh, is it um, to put all of your your best or most popular items at the end of uh, of the auction? How can you say financial suicide any stronger? You know that's <laughs> right. that's a misconception because you know you made a really good point earlier, Ted. You said you know guests don't have as much time and they want a streamlined event. I, we're seeing that all over the country, and so you know your guests want to get in, they want to give, and they want to go. You know, whether it's a Tuesday night or a Saturday night. And so, um, you know, I have I have another little funny saying I like to share. It's one of my cardinal cardinal rules for fundraising auctions is no BS, no boring speeches. So that if you really change those boring speeches to inspiring remarks that help guests understand the impact of their gift, and and mm-hmm. you do that right before the live auction, then you can help your guests understand that it's not about getting a photo safari in South Africa or a trip to Sonoma for wine tasting or a wonderful dinner. It's really about changing lives. Right. And and in and in doing uh that kind of prep work, um staging your 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 auction so that uh, people are comfortable, people um know exactly how am I paying? How am I ex- expected to pay? What credit cards are are you expecting? And one of the things that, that I always share with folks is have a couple of good um, items uh, early on in the auction that you really have every reason to believe people will want so badly that they will overbid because then the audience is getting in the habit of overbidding. Um, if every sure. item early on in the auction um, is a deal, a deal, a deal, uh, the the group mentality will oftentimes suppress the, the bidding to get the deal. Well, I'm going to be so bold to say if you have any items that you even think could be a deal, a deal, a deal, get them out of your live auction, maybe even get them out of your silent auction and Mm -hmm. and use them as a door prize for your volunteers, for your thank you luncheon that you do for the auction. That's a smart move. That's such a smart move. Get it out of there because you have no room anymore as as an organization to have any item in your live auction that doesn't have the capacity to to have over 100% of bidding. And that would be the expectation as a consultant and auctioneer. I would rather have six amazing items that are going to go through the roof that are going to get everybody excited than putting items in that are boring and you know that they're not going to sell. Get them out of there. Right, because it sends a message to the entire audience um, that that's kind of how the bidding is going to go. Um, And so they don't start setting their own expectations to outbid each other or to bid bid higher. Um, What about having well-placed people in the room uh, who are willing to make those bids and and get the bidding going, um, but also kind of the life of the party a little bit, uh, willing to have a little bit of fun with the audience? Sure. Um I, that's part of the preparation. If you know if you for example if you know you've got a you know a wonderful Tuscan resort and you know I would say, you know, what's the first rule of fundraising Ted? People give to people. So you can go back as an organization and look at your bidding history. Who likes trips? Who likes to tri- travel internationally? I would advise it that organizations make a personal phone call to every single one of those bidders for the last three or four years, invite them to the auction, and send them information so that when they come, they're already excited. You're already creating that that impetus, that excitement, even before the guests walk in. So let's turn our attention to technology. Um, You mentioned uh, how things have changed in auctions, and and one of the the brilliant aspects of of this book is we've got the psychology, and, and of course that's changed over time. But how do you leverage new technology? What's out there? What really works? Or what's just an annoyance to your audience? Well, I think one of the big uh, the big pluses for technology is the advances in the fundraising auction software. And there's a number of wonderful companies that provide really a soup-to-nuts approach so that if you think of every 
bazillion detail that happens in an auction. Many of these fundraising auction software technology companies have thought of that and actually created software for the entire benefit auction event. Not only check-in and check-out, which is improved with you know, being able to, you know, to swipe your card ahead of time when you come in and, you know, a, a couple other things I'm going to talk in a second. But, you know, all of the organizational things, you know, seating charts, volunteers, uh, sponsorships, uh, uh, bidding forms, uh, thank you letters, every little aspect is already in there. And so if someone is listening and saying, ah, oh, is it worth the investment to um, have benefit auction software, I would say absolutely yes, because you have the amazing benefits that night, but then you have your record. And you know, Ted, from doing this for such a long time too, the turnover in auction committees and volunteers and staff and, and guests is immense. And so this way you have a fantastic record. And you were talking earlier about IRS um, requirements. They, all those letters with the values and what the the fair market value and what the items sold for can be already programmed in. It's in there, and it's easy to send those letters and other follow-up correspondence. And and in in sending those uh, the, those letters and preparing uh, for for the event, you, you were saying technology's really improved. Is it about the speed of bidding? Um, it's not. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the the preparation. Uh, there's so much preparation that happens to actually conduct an auction. So I see benefit auction software being able to really aid the organization in streamlining that, taking the burnout out of all the staff and volunteer time so they can really focus on, you know, guest development. Um, and so it, um, in a sense, you know, yes, it can speed up the bidding because you um, – you get your guests in faster. The, the the worst thing you can see is a big long line for registration. You've already, you know, you you know, uh, there's a one of our software company has a motto says arrive happy, leave happy. So, you know, now you can get your guests in with no line. They can come in, they can enjoy the hospitality of the event, the silent auction, maybe other revenue activities, and they're already in. They're participating rather than these big long lines without having the benefit of that. So. Um, in that sense, yes, it does. So they can pre-register online. Um, you can have their payment yes. already established. Yes, uh, yeah. There's no, you know, and it, it's now in the, our shows in 2015. There's really no reason not to have the capability to pre-swipe a guest credit card and make it very simple for them so that if they do, if they are the successful high bidder or if they make a very generous gift in the fund to need, um, then all they have to do is go pick up their item. They don't have to stand in a big, long checkout line, which really is not the way you want to treat your beloved guests. So and they're going to appreciate the fact that you've thought through all of that, and yes. it's and because they're they're now at instead of anticipating, well, I don't really want to be the high bidder because then I have to wait in line and I have to check out, and I really just want to get home. Mm. What you're doing is preparing them to say, listen, we know you want to to get out at the end of the evening. Here's how we're going to make it so simple. It, it, it's expedited, so that's great. The other wonderful thing is. Um, we have a new technology in mobile bidding um, where guests can use a tablet or a smartphone. And where I see that most beneficial is in the silent auction. Um, and that's really, and I'll, I'll say pretty strongly, that's the best place for mobile bidding. So that, you know, just think of you come into, you know, you've been there a million times. I'm sure listeners are shaking their head too. Yeah, you come into the cocktail hour, it's packed, and you can't see the the silent auction items. You can't get to the bidding sheet, and you say, oh, I'm not going to fight my way in. But when you have mobile bidding, you know, guests can um, actually uh, receive it notices on their phone when they've been outbid. They can set it on auto and on max bid so that if you really like that pair of earrings that you want to get for your, you know, for someone, bang, you can just put in your max bid and the system will automatically bid for you. We're seeing some nice advancements there. I don't see mobile bidding working for live auctions, and there's a, if you're, um, there are some groups that do use mobile bidding for the fund to need, but um, I think that there's some challenges with that that I'd like to talk about for just a minute. 
Okay. So, um, to, to as I mentioned earlier, in mo in in the fund need the paddle raise where everyone can make a contribution, a hundred percent tax deductible contribution, at a level that's meaningful for them. You know, the traditional way is to raise your bid card, the auctioneer will call out the bid card at, at, you know, starting high, going low. Very successful way to engage the guests. The best fund to need, my best clients precede that by a very inspiring emotional story that underscores where the need is. Now, when you add mobile bidding to a fund to need, what you you know, and I've seen this countless times, the audience is with the person telling the story, Ted, and then you say, now dive into your phone and make a, make a contribution, you've lost all the emotion, all the inspiration, and all the mm-hmm. added excitement. So I'd You be, really I'd be just really, want the hands to go up. Well, you know, as an auctioneer for doing this for such a long time, I have not seen a better way other than a hybrid way where you – Ask people to raise their bid cards, get the excitement, keep eyes forward, keep the emotion and the energy going. And then when you're done, if you want to use the mobile bidding as a way to gather funds at the end of that inspirational part, that's probably the best way that I've seen it done. Mm-hmm. And so we we may have some callers or folks that want to comment on that too, but um, from Standing up there, it's the, the, one of the most disheartening things is someone has told the, the most transformational story about how an organization has changed their life. And if you only use mobile bidding in that moment, you lose the attention and the emotion of the audience, and they dive right into their phone, and you can never get it back. Right. And so, I do want to make a note. You, you had just mentioned uh, uh, potential callers. We do have a lot of people on the switchboard as we normally do, uh, but I do just want to remind everybody, if you would like to ask Kathy a question, please press the number one um, so that that raises your hand here on the switchboard. That way I can immediately go to you and uh, not interrupt you um, because it's absolutely okay to call in and to just listen to the show live as many of you are on the switchboard, as many of our guests do each week to listen live but if you'd like to ask a question press number one that will then signal to me that you would like to speak live with Kathy sorry to interrupt you Kathy Um, go ahead so Ted you know um, I know I didn't let you know but I wanted to do something special for the um, the listeners on the call today I actually have for anyone who purchases a higher bid or if you have purchases I'd like to offer a free webinar uh, next oh, week, that's wonderful. As a, yeah, a special 90-minute webinar, 60 minutes of super content-rich information, and 30 minutes open mic live Q&A with me. So if you want more information about how you can take your benefit auction to the next level, and so if, if you permit me, Ted, I'd just like to promote um, the purchase of the book. It's a great investment. I would say there's millions of dollars of ideas in there, and I'd love to you know, to take that further with the listeners if they'd like. And you can just go to my website on the book. It's called ahigherbid.com. And uh, purchase the book, and you can put your um, – there's a place to put your uh, receipt in there, and we'll send you the link to this private exclusive webinar with me next week, October 22nd. That is terrific. So thank you, uh, Kathy, very much for that. Give us that website one more time. Yes. It's the name of the book, ahigherbid.com. And you can purchase Yeah. Now, I do want to just make note, uh, since we have so many people who listen to our show uh, via podcast, that because the webinar will be next week, uh, if you are listening uh, past, um, I would say, the the, uh, – what what is the actual date of the uh, the, the, webinar? The actual date is – Thursday, October 22nd, 2015. It'll be at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Okay, terrific. So if you're listening to this podcast anytime after October 22nd, 2015, um, you don't don't uh, uh, don't do go to the website certainly, 
uh, buy the book, absolutely. Uh, but the the uh, the webinar offer will have uh, will have uh, uh, expired. Um, so, uh, Kathy, we're uh, we we want to make sure that uh, in the time that we have uh, remaining uh, with you today, we've got about ten minutes left here on the show. What are the hot topics and tips in the book that maybe we haven't spent as much time on? We just don't want to miss anything. Well, uh, we've we've talked about it a little bit, but I I have to just mention it is the number one uh, number one strategy is do a fund a need a paddle raise, and there's a great chapter on how to do that with some really good case studies. That um, that way, you know, even if somebody doesn't want a silent or live auction item for competitive bidding, you can create a culture of giving with collaborative um, giving at the fund a need, and so I would say that is a number one. Um, number two, um, we haven't talked about this, but, um, you know, and I, I'll state my bias in this, but if you are considering um, really taking your auction to the next level, I would invite everyone to consider retaining a professional fundraising auctioneer that has the equivalent of a CFRE um, in our organization, the National Auctioneers Association, we have a certification called the Benefit Auctioneer Specialist. And um, I was actually involved in uh, designing a study a couple years ago, uh, Ted, and we found that auctioneers who have the National Auctioneers Association, BAS, Benefit Auctioneer Specialist Professional Designation, raise twice as much money for their clients as, as auctioneers who do not. So if you're really looking to raise the level um, that would be a way that um, you could do that as a nonprofit. Well, I, and I'm sure that one of the reasons that they're so successful is because they've already read your book. Well, we certainly hope so. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you know, and I did want to mention on my special um, my special gift for everyone. If someone who's listening has already bought the book, just send me an email, and we'll send you the private link to the webinar. And my email is Kathy at kingstonauction.com. That's Kathy with a K and a Y, Kathy at kingstonauction.com. Well, Kathy, um, that is a, a terrific offer, and we really thank you uh, a, an awful lot for uh, providing that for uh, our listeners. Um, uh, and certainly, I want to encourage everybody to make sure that they do get this book, because as I said at the, at the top of the show, and, and I've made the, the, the case several times here, this is much more than just a how-to-do auctions, because it really is about the psychology of donors um, and bringing them to the table and in inspiring them to give even more. One of the uh, the tips that you have in, in your book, and we, we've talked about auctions as if sort of all auctions are, are, are alike, but um, we've really been focused, I think, in, in, in our, our speaking here, mostly about the live auction and the, and the preparations for the live auction. But what about a silent auction? Can the, a silent auction be successful by itself? Should it always be in conjunction with a, a, a live auction? Um, and what's the difference between the two? Well, silent auction is typically done during um, the evening, during the the first part of the evening, the cocktail hour. A silent auction, if 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 uh, if you're not familiar with it, is when the guests have the opportunity to um, place their bids sequentially on a, a a bid sheet, or if they're using mobile bidding, um, and the and they typically walk around or they can use their mobile their mobile device to do that and the highest bidder gets the item now um, I may seem a little sacrilegious when I say this but I'm seeing too many people spend too much time and too much energy on silent auctions which do not raise the most amount of money so um, silent auctions can be successful, but I would be very strategic. Just because you get um, a donation for a, a car wash and uh, you know a nail salon, you know which are kind of low end items, doesn't mean you have to put them in the silent auction. So right, I would as you say, said, you know, don't treat all items donated as as if they had equal right. value to an you auction. Know, some some are going to produce more than others. Yeah, I would even go out on a limb and say focus on what matters. And if donor cultivation matters to you, if raising more money matters to you, don't pay a lot of attention to your silent auction. 
focus on things that are going to engage your donors and raise more money, and that's the live auction and fund a need. And and so if you if you extrapolate this example a little bit, I see too many auction volunteers and board members focusing on little tiny silent auction items and displaying it and hauling it and curating it and all that business. It doesn't make that much money in relation to um, – things that matter. What if you took all that energy that people focused on silent auction and you refocused it on donor engagement? Terrific. That would make Kathy, a huge we do difference. Have a, uh, we do have a caller. Um, caller, you're live here on The Nonprofit Coach. You have a, a question for Kathy Kingston? I do. I just wanted to know, with the new credit card shift, what effect that's having in terms of payment that night? Do we need special machines? Where do we get more information? And is there a place to turn for more information on the mobile bidding as well? Absolutely. Um, um, I do not have the technical answer on the chip, but I know that all of the uh, benefit auction software companies do have that. And if you Google benefit auction fundraising software or mobile bidding for auctions, you're going to get um, a number of really wonderful um, uh, professional organizations uh, that will be your partner, not just for providing technology, but the folks that I find that are really engaged with benefit auctions uh, that provide this technology really care about nonprofits. And I think that would be um, – they would have the, those very technical answers for you. Excellent, uh, excellent question. And if, if you email Kathy, me, um, yeah, I can, yeah, I can provide some more information on that if, if you'd like to. Terrific. The, the caller you know, brought us back to sort of technical issues. I'm wondering if uh, you can tell us um, how how has um, uh, sites like eBay and and uh, Bidding for Good and and, and other sites uh, of that sort that have sort of brought auctions to a wider audience of people. How much of an effect has that had on charity auctions? Well, I think, well, I'll take two parts to that. One is, you know, with the advent of eBay and the success of eBay, it's, it's made the word auction a household name and made made uh, folks very comfortable with auction methodology, um, specifically, you know, in this case, online auctions. Um, Bidding for Good is an outstanding company that provides excellent online uh, auction services, you know, from soup to nuts. And so I think uh, with, you know, eBay, Bidding for Good, and many other excellent uh, technology companies, it's really helped advance charity auctions. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to – What, what I'm, about I'm, online auctions as part of this mm-hmm. overall um, approach? Is that, is that a way to uh, build towards a higher bid? Well, um, I find that – Online auctions can be very successful, but there's there's a hidden cost in online auctions. Just because you have an item doesn't mean they'll come. So let's take an example. Let's say your great aunt is a Hummel collector, you know, and she is looking every day on eBay to find that last Hummel for her collection. She is driven. She is motivated. She wants to find it. That's a commercial mentality. That we... I have not seen that level of motivation for a charity auction online buyer. So you, as a nonprofit, must create a campaign, a very strategic marketing campaign to drive your um, potential uh, buyers over and over again but I don't but it could ever be a way see that to, level of motivation. It, yeah. it could be a way to get people excited about the events, to preview the events, even get some pre-bid so that you walk in with you know, the, the, the bid starting at a higher level um, and then uh, tie that into, uh, into a live auction. Kathy, I'm watching the, the, the clock. This is an excellent book, Psychology of, uh, of Giving, is embedded uh, in your successful tips. We've got one minute left. Uh, how can my listeners reach Kathy Kingston. Well, I, first of all, thank you, Ted, so much. You can reach me by email, Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at Kingston Auction, K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N, auction.com. And I wanted to mention that we have a free webinar for anyone who buys the book today, and that also includes $600 of special reports and gifts that aren't in the book. So all you need to do is go to my book website, which is a higherbid.com 
and you'll see how to do that, and we'll sign up, and we'll send you the link to the webinar and the one-on-one live Q&A with me. A higher bid, how to transform special event fundraising with strategic benefit auctions. Kathy Kingston, a true expert here on the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for sharing us all your insight right at the right time as we're coming into holidays. What better time to have a very successful auction, silent auction, live auction for your charity. Kathy, thank you for being my guest here on the Nonprofit Coach. Ted, thank you so much. and appreciate all you do for nonprofits all over the world. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.